station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by our movie expert host, Melissa Kersher. Hello. And our movie idiot host. <laughs> oh. oh, Tim. <laughs> but just, it's just about movies. Only not about, about movies. Else. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe not just Ma- about well, movies. Well, but that's all but... we're dealing with on this podcast. <laughs> uh, it's Jenny Young. Yay! And, uh, <laughs> this week, we are about to watch The Seven Samurai. Yes! The second longest <laughs> film we will have watched. Yes. As part of a real education. Oh, I gave something away. I shouldn't even do that. Wait, what yeah. did you just say? I missed it. All right. Um, so uh, first thing we have to do is, once again, go to Jenna and find out what she knows about The Seven Samurai. I know that it's called The Seven Samurai. Yep. I'm going to assume it has samurai, possibly seven of them. Okay. Uh, I'm, I, what I know about it after that is nothing, but I'm picturing, like, like a, a crazy kung fu movie, but with with uh, like like lots of of fighting, but but with a really good story behind it. Okay. 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 That's, that's what I've decided. So a crazy kung fu movie. Well, I mean, not maybe crazy kung fu movie, but like a, a fighting. Movie. I know kung fu isn't, but um, but still, like like martial arts and and really cool flips, and. <laughs> Uh, what? That's why you watch martial arts movies, I don't, I don't, right? Really cool flips. Yeah. Like uh, we um, need to get a we need to get a martial arts movie in the list here. <laughs> oh, um, I have one. I so have I'm one. not. There are, yeah. there are many. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, um. So, well, from that, I'm guessing it's not that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe something about like a uh, 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 war and 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 political intrigue and. <laughs> Uh, with with a nice side romance story because those are always fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love she's, it. She's There's, totally guessing. There there are so many things we can discuss here. Yeah. Later. Later. So uh, let's see. Let's go with the non spoiler spoilerish introduction. This is a film by Akira Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the two best Japanese directors of film. Yes. Along with Ozu. Uh, but very, the two of them had very different styles, so it's mm-hmm. not even fair um, to compare them. Kurosawa. Kurosawa is like the Hitchcock of Japan. Yeah, a very uh, populist director. You know, uh, very entertaining films, but also yeah. uh, very artistically minded movies as well. Okay. Kurosawa yeah. had some favorite actors. One of them was Toshiro Mifune, who okay. will be in this film, and he mm-hmm. has, I think, the actor name that's the most fun to say of any actor in cinema <laughs> ever. Mifune! 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 Um, also, I want to add, because it's Japanese, everyone dies at the end. Okay. That's, so that's, that's another everyone guess. That's everyone good. dies at good the guess. end is, is another yes. prediction. Okay. Uh, <laughs> also, also in this movie is Takeshi Shimura, who was... Also, one of the favorite actors of um, Kurosawa. Yeah. Uh, actually, was in more movies than Mufune with uh, Kurosawa's director. Uh, I think a total of 19 films they did together. Ooh. Yeah, and uh, some of them he was in larger roles, some of them he was in smaller roles. Yep. Mufune tended to be a lead. Yeah. If he was in one of Kurosawa's yeah, and films. And Shimura was usually either lead or sometimes bit roles. But for a solid 18 years, every single movie that Kurosawa directed had at least one of the two actors in it. Huh. Yeah. He just, they, he loved these guys. And you yeah. you will be able to see why in this movie, as they are really our two principals. Yeah. There are a lot of um, other actors in this movie that are also uh, Kurosawa 
regulars, but we okay. won't get into them here because that goes pretty deep down the Kurosawa rabbit hole. Um, but if this, you've seen a lot of Kurosawa films, like this is the kind of the all-star cast of Kurosawa regulars. And this film uh, is considered by many to be his masterpiece. It's considered to be probably one of the ten best movies ever. Yeah, and um, it is often considered to be the first modern action film. Yeah, uh, oh. it is influenced a great deal. And we'll we'll go into a later some movies that that uh, were direct influences. That, that there are several adaptations of the Samurai, Seven Samurai that have happened since this film came out. This is one of the movies that Steven Spielberg, for instance, watches before he makes his next film. Mm-hmm. He's got a list huh. of three, and I can't remember what the other two yeah, are. Yeah, I think it's Lawrence of Arabia, Seven Samurai, and I can't remember what the third one is. So we're, we're watching a movie that, that is incredibly influential as far as the movies that have come after it. Mm-hmm. This is, this is a, a tentpole film in terms of filmmaking. So and it's also freaking awesome. Yeah, it is so filled with swords and samurai and and Japanese people speaking Japanese. Yeah, in in very determined ways. Oh, oh. yeah, you know, very nice. Oh, really excited. Yeah, yeah, very very macho. So we will be back in about three hours after we have watched. Well, should we come back after? After the intermission. Oh yeah, we'll be back for the intermission. Yes, do, then, we'll do the intermission and then we'll come back after. Yeah. As so well. enjoy <laughs> as much as we will the Seven Samurai. <laughs> and we are back, having watched the first uh, approximately half of the Seven Samurai. Uh, so, uh, yeah. just, you know, going on so far, the speculation that Jenna had at the beginning of the movie, there, there were been, indeed seven samurai. There were. Well, technically, there's five samurai, an intern, and a wannabe. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The, <laughs> samurai well, the intern, I mean, I don't yeah. know how, I don't know how, sam- we're, I'm not going to say I know how samurai uh, hierarchy works. I mean, I assume the kid's a samurai simply because he's from a family, clearly from a noble family, and therefore... He just is a samurai. You don't have to be a good fighter to be a samurai. Right. Right. You just have to have to have a good pedigree. That's kind he of is a samurai intern, though. I kind of like. Yeah. I like kind of like the. I, I like that. Yeah. And then you yeah. have a yeah you have uh, Kikuchio. Yeah. Who's our, our wannabe samurai? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, you know pretty remarkable that we've gone an hour and almost four, fifty minutes into the movie and the bandits have not shown up yet. Not yet. Yeah. And. It seems likely that'll happen soon. Yeah. It's, well, oh my God, what if they did all of this build-up and the, the bandits were like, eh, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's samurai there. Let's check the ne- next village. Which is probably what they should have done. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, assuming but, that they well, don't. Oh, oh but, God, don't spoil this for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think this is much of a spoiler. It really isn't, no. Bandits do eventually show up. But I think I think it's actually kind of key with the themes of the movie. It's it's kind of a whole movie about tradition and bucking tradition. Sure. Yeah, this so, is really a movie about about class structure in Japan. Is that why there've been no flips yet? <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping for flipping. Well, flips uh, are more of a Hong that's, Kong. That's thing. A, that's yeah, I know, but 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 flips. 
Like, if there's martial arts, there's there's got to be flips. That's how that works. Okay. Well, but we're just going to go back to the fact that you did say that there might be a side romance of some sort. And I'm going to give you a big old check mark for that one. Oh, yeah. Yes. Totally. Totally. There is there's definitely a side romance. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a big old, big old check mark for that. But, but what we are really watching right now is this whole thing about how farmers have their station and samurai have their station and even to some extent the bandits have their station and how the structure of society and this is a theme that comes out in kurosawa a lot is how Mm -hmm. japanese structure society is structured and how that really works to the detriment of everyone (laughs) sure <clears throat> it's it's interesting that in Kurosawa films, like the early, like the wartime Kurosawa films sure. and leading up to like one film shy of this one, it's all about maintaining class structure and, you know, and then it becomes about people who rebel against it. So um, in 1952, he made a movie called Ikiru, which stars Takashi Shimura, who we're also watching mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh a man who's a bureaucrat and has been a bureaucrat the entire his entire life and never really accomplished anything and he learns he's going to die soon so he decides to like quit his job and do something significant nice and it's a movie about Aww. him searching for that thing but it's also it a is. movie about how yeah. everybody responds once they learn that's what he did right there's so many layers in your average Kurosawa film and he also right. does an exceptional job establishing character you know oh, he, yeah. We have seven samurai, and we know the personality of all seven of the samurai. Of there's and, there's two and, of them that yeah. are kind of close to me. The 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 old war buddy and the, mm-hmm. the one that joined up because of the good character. Like, those two. Yeah, Garabe I, and uh, yeah. Sichiroji. But, I, I mean, yeah. I still know their character. I just, every once in a while, I look, and I'm like, okay, wait, which one was? Okay, good. Like, yeah. But otherwise, like... Because they're both the chubby ones. I mean, yeah, really. Yeah. Because all fat yeah. guys look the same. All yeah. fat guys look the same. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in Japan. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. No, so, they, they have similar faces. Now, now Kikuchu, yeah. isn't that his name? I, yes. I, get, I always get it wrong. I call, I'm calling him Billy Joe. Yeah, Kikuchu. Well, actually, uh, actually, it should be Betty Sue. Because what is the literal translation K- of his Kikuchio name? Kikuchio is um, a girl's name. And oh. it's kind of, if it were an American name, it'd be like Betty Sue, because it's kind of this compound two-name name okay. that means chrysanthemum and a thousand generations. So it's like a thousand-year-old chrysanthemum or something Aww. like that. But it's it's a girl's name. So yeah, he but, stole a girl's name. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, and, and I mean, what they were trying to point out in that scene is he's illiterate, because he yeah. chose a 13-year-old girl sure. <laughs> on that scroll. Right. Because he didn't know any better. Because he, he had no idea. But he's a he's a character who clearly resents the mm. class he came from almost as oh. much as the class he's aspiring to. Mm-hmm. And sure. so he is that, that Kurosawa character of a character that's rebelling oh. against established societal structure. His mm-hmm. rant um, uh, towards the end of that first half there was absolutely amazing. I'm like, Isn't that yeah! Great? yeah, be mad at everyone. I love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, They're terrible people, but you made them that way. Yes. (laughs) These farmers are awful, but no more awful than you. So that's that's that beautiful moment where the the samurai are maybe going to say, screw these guys. (laughs) And and he points out, you can be pissed at at them if you want, but society made them this way. Yeah. They they don't have any choice to do what they do any more than you do. Mm -hmm. And... Also setting up the fact that these seven samurai are going against their own uh, roles by accepting work for food. For, yeah. 
for no there's no honor or glory in this. It's just helping someone, which yeah. really isn't where well, you met other samurai where that mm. wasn't enough. Yeah. That it was about glory. It was about it, it, it for most samurai it was about making a name for themselves, but there's no sure. name to be made in defending a village from a bunch of bandits. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the other thing we see right at the beginning, uh, we see Shimura shave his head, basically mm-hmm. reject his station yeah. symbolically sure. to help someone. Yeah. Again, if, for if no gain. Yeah, if you're not familiar with Japanese society, especially of like the 1500s, their their ponytail kind of top knot thing was a huge indicator of station. So for a samurai to cut off his hair was shocking. Yeah. And so for him to do that for a little bit of food and help get this kid out of a hostage situation was still a huge deal. And of course he th- he says he do- he's doing it for food, but he uses the food mm-hmm. to get the kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's a he's a, a very fascinating character. Yeah. yeah. So well the bandits haven't shown up, but I imagine they will soon. At least oh, there yes. there seems it seems like that's being set up. So <laughs> we should probably get back to the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you're listening at home, enjoy the second half Woo-hoo. of the Seven Samurai. Yay. Takashi Shomura. And we are back. The Seven Samurai is over. Nary a flip to be found. I am <laughs> there sorry was no to say. flip and flips. Nope. There were no flip and no. flips. No Not flip a one. Flips. Not a one. But uh, there was a lot of uh, samurai. Action, yes. especially in the second half. Uh, you predicted, Jenna, that uh, uh, everybody would die, and uh, well, slightly more than half. Okay, us, I, you know, I'm you know, over fifty percent. Mm-hmm. All of the bandits died. So All the bandits. Yeah. There's, there's that, but on, yeah. only, only four of the seven bandits, uh, uh, samurai, excuse samurais. me, did not make it to see the final credits. So, obviously, the first thing to do is say, Hey, Jenna, what would you think of the movie? Um, I liked it. Uh, I'm, I am I do stage combat, and I love watching fight scenes for the fight scenes themselves, like, outside of the story. Um, it's, it, it was a little hard to follow the fight scenes themselves in this movie, mm-hmm. but the the reactions themselves were really good the 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 way peasants would behave in that situation the the intention behind the fights was so incredible that it really didn't matter that there wasn't an awesome sword fight of doom or anything like that so now, here's an interesting tidbit uh, seiji mayaguchi who was the guy who played the master swordsman samurai yeah. had never touched a sword before this movie that's awesome. And the fact that you just totally buy that he's this yeah, amazing super swordsman. Yeah, all about the intention and the characterization yeah, that he's putting and, into and it. editing and how he's shot yeah. and just how yeah. he poses and just the gravity he has. It's well, all about that performance. Usually, you, you obviously know this more than us, but even so, having watched other Japanese sword fighting films, the fact is Japanese sword fighting films compared to, oh, I don't know, sword fighting Hong Kong films or even like sure. medieval sword fighting pretty bloody boring. It's over really yeah. fast. The, they do a lot of... Well, there was the one scene where the, the, the master swordsman is, is fighting the incompetent in the very first part um, and just poses a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's all it is. is a, It's a lot of tension of posing. And that that is very much so what they do in the Japanese style is, is being prepared, wait for it, wait for it, and just building that tension into it. But then the fight itself is usually just like 
three cuts and you're done. Yeah, like, the, the great climax of one of Kurosawa's other movies, Sanjiro, is all about the lead up to the fight. It, yeah. There is just this impossibly yeah. long shot of two guys staring at each other. Yep. And, and if you watch yeah. the movie, you know who's going to win. Yeah. Well, and much. in, in uh, SAFD, uh, stage combat, one of the things that we always tell people is to look at the eyes. Mm-hmm. You always make eye contact, and you do that for safety reasons, but you also do that because um, the eyes are going to tell you where they're moving. So even if your partner is starting to, like, if, if they go to parry three as opposed to four or something just looking at their eyes are going to give you that first hint of where they're going next if mm-hmm. they're confused if they're you know going to do something different not that a well-rehearsed uh choreographed piece should but you know if something goes awry you're going to see it in the eyes first and that's what a lot of those long tension things is is you're just looking and waiting to see where they're going to go and the first clue you're going to get that in is the eyes so yeah. that's what i love about those Anyway, <laughs> and of course, the movie itself is also you know not just it, the fights seem ancillary. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the fights the, are really not. His his story is about class structure, as we discussed yeah. in the intermission break. So you don't he he's not as worried as about making the fights spectacular as much sure. as and and to him I think the fights are really ugly and dirty mm-hmm. oh, to yeah. the to the and, samurai and it's literally in the mud and there's yeah. Yeah. it's wet and raining and sloppy and yeah you know most oh, yeah. of these people aren't professional fighters you know in the movie and it's yeah. it's just a mess but it's a spectacular mess and it yes. Is. yes it is filled with muddy dead bandits and I, and I love how Kurosawa brings this really clean structure to all this mess by having all these visual cues that you can follow along in the movie because there's mm-hmm. a lot of attention in the first half spent on the map of the village yeah. and you're going to each place and this is what it looks like and here it is on the map yeah. and here's all how all these places relate to each other and then you have the banner you know, and you have the uh, kind of the checklist the checking off each one yeah. each bandit that they kill and you have these markers that help you track all of these moving pieces that oh, are yeah. coming together in this movie yeah he does a really good job of of creating a sense of space and really just with a you know a few shots establishing okay well if they ride this way this is the obstacle that they're going to run into and this is why they have to turn around and go back into the middle of the village sure Mm -hmm. and if they ride this way they're going to run into this obstacle and and just making that language of how this fight is playing out Mm -hmm. relatively easy to understand yeah and uh he also he does other things like the fact that all of the samurai are killed by gunshots yes they're never bested by arrows or sure. swords it's it's all gun so he's talking about the modernization of japan in sort of an interesting way as well he's showing the death of the samurai the samurai are essentially made obsolete by the introduction yeah. of gunpowder and and weapon and and muskets in japan so there are these three muskets which do more damage. Three muskets, 40 bandits. <laughs> Three muskets do more damage to the samurai than 40 bandits. Yeah. And that's uh, a commentary, I think, about 
the changing face of Japan at that time. And he'll address that again in his other samurai movies. Guns become... I think they're important in pretty much every single one of his samurai movies. Well, one of the most memorable scenes in Iran, which is... uh the film, one of the films that he made in the 1980s, it's a, it's an ad- adaptation of King Lear. That okay. uh, there is one scene in there that is just really striking, huge battle sequence, and it all hinges on one gunshot. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, Throne of Blood may not have any guns in it, but uh, yeah. it's... well, Throne of Blood, Macbeth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Throne yeah, of blood. yeah, I think I think that one was all archery and arrows. Yeah, Kurosawa is interesting for the for the way that he, unlike a lot of other Japanese filmmakers, and there was a, he got criticized for it somewhat that he would look at Western style film and mm-hmm. adapt some of his movies from those. So, mm-hmm. uh, Seven Samurai is very much an adaptation of American westerns. That's sure. that's what he would not an adaptation, but it was inspired it was by American in, Westerns. Yeah, inspired by. Which is ironic because that film would go on to inspire a movie that we'll actually be watching for this podcast in about a month called The Magnificent Seven. Yes. Which is a western that is based, <laughs> based on, on Seven Samurai. The Seven that's Samurai. Fantastic. It actually inspired a lot of other movies. The one that most people don't realize, I think, as much. They don't recognize that it. it's an loose adaptation of the seven samurai is the pixar film of bug's life mm-hmm. a bug's life is right. the seven samurai precisely yeah like but, step for step it's seven samurai <laughs> wow oh my god that's fantastic slightly different characters but still well, and, and the samurai are very different in in yeah. their function but like bugs. nonetheless a bug's life is the seven samurai and that's huh. there there are a few other films but i have to go rewatch that seven, now Magnificent Seven and A Bug's Life are the two probably most well-known films inspired directly by uh, this film. Kurosawa also was inspired by Shakespeare. He made Throne of Blood, which is a direct adaptation of Macbeth. Mm -hmm. And Ron was King Lear. King Lear. There's also uh, The the Bad Bad Sleep Sleep Well, well, which which is... Hamlet. Hamlet. He also was inspired by noir. Yojimbo is a film that's inspired by a film by Dashiell Hammett, who is a well-known film noir writer. And Yojimbo then goes on to be remade over and over and over again Yes, as, huh. as other films. The first is a Western called uh, Fistful of Dollars, starring Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. And then there, there are more leading, leading up to an absolutely horrible gangster film starring Bruce Willis. Uh, <laughs> Is, it, is, is that the last man standing? I can't remember. Uh, I, I think that's what it was. Called. There's also there's also a, an adaptation of Yojimbo that was made in the '80s starring David Carradine, which is a fantasy film. And it's oh called, yeah. Oh. Is it called The Sorceress? I can't remember. It's <sighs> Sorceress. It's it's so yeah. horrible. But it's beautiful. Yeah. It is Yojimbo. It is. Yeah, yeah. But going back to Seven Samurai, another thing that was yeah. an adaptation of Seven Samurai was Battle Beyond the Stars. Oh yeah, there you uh, go. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So it just. We'll talk about that more after when we get to Magnificent Seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so this film just, Took like off. I say, it's a tentpole. You yeah. know, there are movies mm-hmm. that we talk about that that define. A lot of things, and Seven Samurai is a tentpole movie. There's so much that spreads out from this film, and it's interesting. This film almost never happened because Toho pulled the plug on it many, many, many times. 
and every time Kurosawa had to go in the offices and fight to keep the <laughs> film alive. It was an extremely expensive film, um, and th this is still post-war Japan. Japan's still recovering economically. Sure. And Toho, uh, the company that was financing this, you know, just couldn't see where this was going because it, it's a very bizarre movie when you're looking at Japanese films of this time. Sure. Mm -hmm. The other thing that Toho was making at the exact same time was a movie called Godzilla. Oh! Well, good for them. And, and so between those two movies, they almost bankrupted the studio. Oh, my God. <laughs> and at the same... Because they were both ridiculously expensive in terms of, of course, Japanese filmmaking. Both of those movies become yeah. two of the most important yeah. films in the history of Japanese filmmaking. And both of those movies feature Takashi Shimura. <laughs> Takashi Shimura! Shimura! <laughs> so yeah, the the lead samurai in this film uh, is also the scientist in Godzilla. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he's yeah. all over the place. He he was a well known actor. Yeah. Well, he's mm. kind of the Joseph Cotton of uh, Japanese film. He's kind of this great everyman actor. Yeah. Sure. And he was certainly a favorite of Kurosawa's. Yeah, he was. I think I said earlier he was in nineteen films that Kurosawa directed. So, let's yeah. see. What else can we say about this movie that well, has already the, been said? The original script was 500 pages long. <laughs> it took 45 days to write. A team of three writers, including Kurosawa, they were basically in lockdown. They weren't taking visitors or phone calls. They oh, just kind of stayed in for 45 days and wrote the screenplay. And... You know, health in general in this period of Japan wasn't very good. Like, Kurosawa came down with roundworms and had to be hospitalized during this period. Oh, wow. Awesome. But eventually they edited it down and, you know, it became the movie. And also, uh, um, I remember oh, reading that, yeah. that uh, he had elaborate backstories constructed for pretty much everybody in the film with a speaking role. Yeah. yeah like, there were 101 villagers Every single one of those people had a little dossier of who they were in the village and who they were related oh, wow. to, and they had this full history, like what their favorite food was. That's Can I thing. go back to Grandma for a second? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't <laughs> let, Grandma let, amazing? Let Grandma have her revenge. Yeah. Uh, let her have her revenge. revenge. Yeah. 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 The, Holy uh, shit. Just watching yeah. her go by with that little pitchfork. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then saying, Somebody go help her. Somebody go help her. Oh, Grandma. She's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and, but I mean, you have that with pretty much all of the every every character you see on screen. They have the, a personality to them. Sure. And actually, with the exception of uh, Toshiro Mifune's character, all of the samurai were based on historical samurai. Mm -hmm. Huh. So all of them were based on an actual person. Yeah. That they could find information for. Oh wow. And then Shimura's character, not sorry, uh, Mafuni's character was basically nothing. They yeah. they just wanted that character, and he actually improvised a significant portion of his performance oh, wow. because well they done. really they were like, we don't really have a good character for this guy other than he's our yeah. he's our link between the farmers and the samurai. I think. Yeah, and we we yeah. happen to have one of the finest Japanese actors ever here, so let let's let him play. Yeah, wow, he did an amazing job for, like, that set of circumstances. He's yeah. amazing, and one thing that you really... It, it, I would recommend, if you really want to know how good an actor Toshiro Mifune is, go watch Hidden Fortress. 
Uh-huh. Okay. Hidden Fortress, one of the interesting things about Hidden Fortress is mm-hmm. the basic story of Hidden Fortress is what George Lucas used to create Star Wars. Huh. So it's not exactly the same, but sure. it is most definitely, when you know that, you can go, oh... I can see where Star Wars came from. Yeah, in this there, movie. there's the short comic relief guy and the tall comic relief guy. And Clearly, your droids. The, yeah, yeah. It, you know, like character by character, can go through. There's a princess, and there is this general character who is, you know, a very stoic mm-hmm. but competent leader character, played by Toshiro Mifune. And you watch him in this movie where he's just crazy Ridiculous. and all over yeah. the place. And then you go watch. Hidden Fortress, and you will see none, none of this character that you just saw oh, wow. in the mm-hmm. character in Hidden Fortress. Oh, and and if you go earlier into uh, Kurosawa, early earlier into Kurosawa's work, you know you get into the film noir era where he was making these wonderful crime and gangster movies. Yeah, High and Low. And High and Low is amazing. Where uh, Mufuni plays uh, a father who's uh, who, who's housekeeper's son gets kidnapped but the kidnapper thinks it's the the rich guy's son and okay and it, it's a long story but he's just kind of this father he's, figure yeah. and then there's one where he's a gangster who's dying from uh, tuberculosis tuberculosis and there's, there's and there's the bad sleep well which is the hamlet adaptation where he's essentially hamlet yeah uh there's a little bit of Romeo and Juliet in the Bad Sleep Well too, but anyway, yeah, it's and it's, it's all amazing. Mufuni is is one of those actors that it, it pays to explore. And the funny funny thing is, he never intended to become an actor. He was a war vet who was also a war photographer, and he was looking for a job at Toho, I think it was. But he accidentally stumbled into an audition. <laughs> Oh, that's Tashiro fantastic. Mufun is an actor. Oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and we are all luckier for it. Yes. <laughs> uh, he, he was almost Obi-Wan Kenobi. He was one of the people George Lucas was considering to be Obi-Wan oh, Kenobi. Oh, he would have been a great Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. No, nothing against... Uh, well, Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness, but, but, well, but when you think about it, that would have been perfect for Lucas because in Hidden Fortress, the character he plays is essentially the Obi-Wan Kenobi character. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A little bit Obi Wan Kenobi and a little bit Han Solo, but but still, there there's definitely you, you can tell why why Lucas would have been like, oh, if I could get <laughs> Tashiro Mifune to play the role that's essentially inspired inspired by Tashiro Mifune, mm-hmm. <laughs> he would have had the biggest geek gasm ever in the history sure. of geek gasms if that had happened. But uh, yeah, nothing against Mr. Guinness. I mean, they're both dead, so who cares, right? <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Sad. Uh, um, so what else, Melissa? Do you have on your on your oh, lovely let's see, notes? What else? Um, I do have that Tashiro Mifune studied lions in preparation for this part. Sure. And you can see it when he's like just pacing around, oh, yeah. staring at people. He's just kind of has all these animal. Sure. He's got his gigantic sword for that. He's clearly compensating yeah, for something. God, that, that sword, man. That was. That was amazing. It's just the comically <laughs> so huge sword. Obvious. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, we covered just about everything except uh, Kurosawa actually was from a samurai family. Like uh-huh. up to a hundred years before Kurosawa, they were samurai, and then oh wow, went into oh, yeah. professions after that. And 
Yeah, and we talked a little bit already about this was pretty much the first modern action film. Uh, there were a lot of things that appear in this movie that uh, had never appeared before, but like using slow motion to pick out dramatic moments. Sure. Um, the, the trope of the reluctant hero, the, um, the horde cresting the hill as, you know, when you're... You know, okay. anticipate yeah. them and you see them crest the hill and then come down the hill. It's the first time that was really ever seen. Huh. Um, the introduction of a hero in a, uh, like a little mini action sequence that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. But, but just something to show us how yeah. awesome that dude is. Yeah. 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 All that stuff. Nice. Pretty much completely new. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it, and as I said, it goes on to inspire a great many films either directly or indirectly uh the it it becomes i think one of the first super extremely popular foreign films to be screened in america Mm -hmm. which is a it's huge you know you you get you hit at that time if you hit the american market and you were popular there well then yeah yeah then suddenly kurosawa is a is a director that other american filmmakers are watching yeah, sure. And being and Italian by filmmakers <laughs> and Italian filmmakers because Sergio Leone was going to go on and make make uh, several spaghetti westerns, and then one of them is inspired directly by Kurosawa. Well, two yeah. of them, because Fistful of Dollars and Few Dollars More are both Ujimbo and Sanjuro. That's true. Although Few Dollars More is less to do yeah. with Sanjuro than Fistful. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. because someday we do need to do the uh, you know Jimbo Fistful of Dollars double feature. Oh yeah. <laughs> So, okay, um, you guys were talking uh, earlier off mic about different translations of the movie. Yeah, I've I've seen like three or four different translations of the film. And it's interesting what nuances you pick up from different translations. Speaking of somebody who doesn't speak Japanese. um, You find that a lot in in foreign films, especially like older translations, are kind of slapdash. They were just kind of wanted to rush stuff to the American market, and they just, you know, yeah, made it up basically. (laughs) Someone set us up the bomb. Yeah, somebody (laughs) set us up the bomb. Yeah, and this, yeah, there there are nuances with this particular one. We were watching the brand new Criterion Blu-ray of Seven Samurai. Which has a different translation than my other Criterion uh, <laughs> DVD of Seven Samurai, which is uh, many, many years older. And, um, you know, a lot of the key lines are pretty much the same, like, find sure. hungry samurai, just because they're so simple. Yeah. But, like, when um, um, Kembe and, uh, you know, Samurai Intern are watching the master swordsman fight for the first time and mm-hmm. Kambe comments uh, I think the original the uh, the translation I've seen most is like it's so obvious um, and this one was something like it's not even a contest it's, or- yeah. yeah there is no contest and so I mean it, it means the same thing ultimately sure. but it, it's interesting when you're used to watching American films and it's something you love and you've seen many, many times, you get to know the words and the rhythm. Whereas, you know, Seven Samurai, I've seen this, I don't know, ten times maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, the words change on me depending on translation. <laughs> what translation I'm watching. And, you know, every translation, especially nowadays, what they're trying to do is get the most 
the the difficult thing with any foreign film is that people can only read so fast mm-hmm. when you're subtitled titling you are paraphrasing what the actors on screen yeah. are saying yeah. so the question is how to best paraphrase what they're saying to try and retain some of whatever uh, most of as much intention as much intention yeah. of what the yeah. original but but it does allow for so much variation in sure. interpretation as you're as you're coming up with a translation because you're going well what this guy is saying is three paragraphs long and I've got to condense it down to a paragraph mm-hmm. well how do I do that yeah, um, and it, it can be frustrating. It makes you want to learn Japanese just because there's probably so much of Kurosawa that's being left on the table. Sure. Mm-hmm. To an on- audience that can't speak Japanese. Well, and and when you're talking about something that's a period piece like this, how do you translate something where they're they're specifically uh, like there's one moment in this translation where uh, uh, Kikuchio is talking to the kids and you have to pay a mon to continue watching the show, which, you know, is... Uh, Some you, unit of it, It's a uni- unit of historical sure. money. So do you translate it into something that American audiences would understand or do you actually keep the name of the actual currency? Yeah, the, the period it, currency. You know, it, and, and it's just kind of a throwaway <clears throat> line, but which... Do yeah. you do? I mean, do you do you go for the immediate recognition of an English audience, or do you go for something that's historically accurate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How literal do you go? That. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of decisions that get made. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we should probably do whatever final thoughts we have on the Seven Samurai. Jenna, what are your final thoughts on this film? Um, I always hate Japanese movies because they always end sad. Like, they don't fit my Disney version. And I don't mean, like, hate, like, oh, God, it's awful. I wish I hadn't seen it. No, I loved it, and I enjoyed it. But there's always this little, like, Disney princess inside of me that's like, oh, but he didn't get the girl at the end. Well, we don't know, do we? We don't know if he got the girl or not. It doesn't seem like it. Like, she just went out and started working. And and he's standing there and watching her, and he's not with the other two. We don't know whether he decides to go Mm. with the samurai or stay in the village. Mm -hmm. That is left deliberately vague. You can you can believe he stays there. You can I, believe yeah, if you need the Disney. Prin- I, I didn't get that vibe. If you need the it. Disney princess ending, you can have it. The film, <laughs> the film permits it. <sighs> I want it all right there in front of me. Oh, I want everyone to you know. You want it all spelled out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm an American. I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, final thoughts. Oh, uh, I have in the past shaved my head just because I was going to watch Seven, Seven Samurai that night. So that's how much I love this movie. Oh wow! Nice. I just saw it last time it happened. It was great. That is fantastic. I, <laughs> uh, my final thoughts are simply that uh, this is one of my favorite movies. Just an absolutely masterful char- character study. A really amazing look at the structure of Japanese society sure at the time at the time the film is set and uh, also just amazing the, camera work just the oh yeah way, the camera the way, oh yeah astounding there yeah. were some pictures in there I was like oh neat yeah and, and even the stuff that's not beautiful it's the the way the shot is structured in that sure like you can perfectly see everybody in yeah. that shot, even though there's like yeah. seven people in it, and the just the position and the yeah. space. And, the oh. way he positions the characters so frequently is is mm-hmm. remarkably well conceived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
Uh, hopefully that you watch this movie before listening to this podcast. But uh, if you had not watched the movie, spoilers. <laughs> P.S. Yeah, no Disney princess. Yeah, the, the Criterion, the new Criterion release of of this film is really great. Please do check it out. Our next move, our next real education podcast is going to feature the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'd love to tell you whether or not it's going to be live at the Parkway, but we don't know yet. But it's going to be the good, the bad, and the ugly, whether it's live or Memorex. So please join us for our next Real Education on the 1st of March. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a Real Education.